everybody. Good evening. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Man, I love being part of this church. Um, I've been doing a, a series on, on leadership, and uh, probably more specifically on, on servant leadership, or the kind of leadership that we, we find in scripture, and um, because I really want us to have uh, a more effective life. And since it's the end of the year, I'll say I want us to have a new, a more effective new year. And um, <clears throat> so this is uh, this is part three of this series on leadership. Um, last week, I talked about how um, when Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under His feet, what He did is He, he took off His outer garment, He grabbed a robe and a basin and began to wash his disciples feet and so Jesus what the Lord has shown me is that when Jesus knew that all things had been put under his feet he got under our feet so that nothing would be above us does that make sense and so like a good like a good leader wants his or her ceiling to be your floor a good leader uh, is, is a servant. Jesus talks about um, in uh, Matthew, I think it's 23, he says that the person that exalts himself will be humbled and the person that humbles himself will be exalted. And he's actually saying that in reference to a, a few sentences that he's saying before that. He's saying, you shouldn't call anyone on earth father because there's only one Father in heaven, and you shouldn't call anyone on earth rabbi because you have one teacher, capital T. And, and you shouldn't even call people teacher because you, there's one teacher. And he says, if, if your leaders are exalting themselves, they're going to be humbled. But if you're a real leader, then you'll be humbling yourself, and you will get exalted. And that means that everyone that you've stooped down to wash their feet, they'll be exalted above you. Isn't that cool? Um, after I, I had the, the most bizarre thing happen, um, so I, I, I taught that last Thursday, and then a couple days ago, I went to one of my favorite burrito joints in Addison, Freebirds. Can I get an amen? You can testify. Chipotle's got nothing on Freebirds. What? What? Uh, and right next door, they're. They were putting in this new place. It's like a, a Greek sandwich place. And um, <clears throat> I saw the, I think he's the owner. He's he's bringing, you know, stools and stuff off pallets. And, and they're still in the middle of construction. And I walk by. And um, he just happens to be walking out. And I say, hey, man, is it, you're, you're putting in a, a new restaurant. I see you said, yeah. Um, here, take a take a coupon. I said, that's great. I'm, I'm actually a pastor at a church a few miles south here and because I didn't want to no one understands the word apostolic intercessor I told him I was a pastor and so <laughs> I told him I'm part of a church a couple miles south here and I'm always eating in this area I'm, I'm, I'm excited to try your sandwich joint he's like oh in that case take a whole bunch of coupons so if anybody wants a coupon for a sandwich joint got some um, but I said uh, well, let me let me let me bless your business, man. And so I, I, I prayed for his business, just a real simple prayer. 
And he said, thank you, Father. <laughs> and then this guy's like 10, 20 years older than me, and I'm, I'm wearing like a, a rock band t-shirt and some skinny jeans. I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> like this straightness theology in that moment. But it was just this, it was confirmation from the Lord because I just talked about, don't call anyone on earth father. You have one father. I mean, our... Our leaders and our teachers are amazing people that have laid down their lives to create a place for us to serve the Lord and worship together, right? Yeah. And they need to be honored and respected for that because people like John and Tracy have given up so much so that we have this place and this community where we can be ourselves, grow into our gifts, uh, get free from fear, and actually run after our callings. Amen? That's what... That's what real leaders do. They create a place for you to be yourself. Um, and so this week, carrying on from that message, um, I want to talk about something that I've seen that just astonishes me. Um, I've been saved pretty much since I was a child and in the Christian charismatic world. I was born into a church where there were tambourines and rock bands and... <coughs> Shofars and skipping a joke that I made about Vincent earlier about a shofar show good, but um, <coughs> come on, do it. <laughs> so the 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 hey, I'm just gonna be myself. How's that sound? The real joke goes like this. I said, Vincent. <laughs> I said, Vincent, Vincent, you're so anointed that you don't pass gas. You should fart. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thank you for allowing me to be myself. So something that I've seen that has <laughs> astonished me is how people um, in the church don't respect leadership, or they they're even disrespectful outside of the church to their to their um, their bosses out in the out in the workplace. And um, time goes by, and eventually they get promoted into some kind of position of leadership, and they're astonished that. The people that are working for them are disrespectful to them. This is called reciprocity, or reaping and sowing. It is, it is the law of the universe that the Lord set up that you will reap what you sow. And so all of us in here, like, does anyone in here want to lead, like, a mediocre life? No? No? Medi anyone want to sign up for, like, an uneventful, mediocre life where you don't impact history? No, we all want to be leaders of this new age of the kingdom, right? We want to shape history. We want to be culture shifters. And so um, right now, what I would love for us to realize is that if we are disrespectful to our bosses, our pastors, or whoever is an authority over us, when we are eventually promoted into positions of authority, it's so that God can help us understand that we've been disrespectful for years because he will place people under us that will disrespect us. And we live in this age of, uh, of rebellion, especially since the 60s, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> You're not old, you're wise, John. <laughs> Far out. Um, <clears throat> it's almost be become this cool thing where you, you disrespect and question authority. Um, and that kind of mentality really has to just die. Now, now that you belong to Christ, you're not your own, you've been bought at a price, that kind of mentality in me, in us, and all of us, it just has to die. That we, we're, we're put on this earth, earth just to, to serve, just like Jesus did. Um, obviously, I can't go back to my ninth grade teacher and apologize for dumping Windex on this chair and then watching him sit in it. I was very disrespectful. I did not respect authority when I was a child. Um, I can't go back and make that right. But what I can do is, is realize those attitudes of disrespect, those, those attitudes of rebellion, repent for them, and ask the Lord to wipe that slick thing, because that's what he does, right? Because when we think that we're, we're like shooting arrows of truth, and, or, or like um, discernment at our leaders, what we're really doing is throwing boomerangs of judgment, and they will come back with a vengeance. <laughs> Guys, even Jesus submitted to the men whose molecules he formed. He, this is what he says in John 19.11, he says, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has a greater sin. This is when Jesus has been handed over to Pilate. And, um, and he's actually submitting to their corrupt trial, their corrupt government. Um, on top of that, Jesus even, he paid taxes to a corrupt government and a corrupt temple. Jesus was raised and disciplined by earthly parents. Isn't that crazy? I'm not talking about discipline as in he sinned. I'm talking about discipline as in he was given skill at living through his parents. Isn't that, isn't that wild? Jesus even, uh, he had this moment, I talked about this a little bit last week in, in Matthew 8, when this centurion <clears throat> comes up to Jesus and he says, Lord, my servant is lying at home and he's, he's suffering terribly, he's paralyzed at home. And Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. But the centurion says, no, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you even come underneath my roof, but just say the word and I know he'll be healed. Because I too am a man under authority. I say to this soldier, go and do this. And he does it. And to that one, do that. And he does it. And Jesus, it actually says, he marveled. That's a cool little sub-teaching. Jesus can actually be astonished by how cool you are. <laughs> he was shocked at the centurion's faith. He said, I haven't found such great faith in all of Israel. And, he, and Jesus in this moment is saying, this Roman centurion in the army who knows how to submit has caught something about Jesus that all of Israel has missed. Because the centurion actually says, I too am a man under authority. A centurion is a soldier who's in charge of 
like at least a hundred soldiers. That means he is a man of authority, but the way he described himself is, I'm a man under authority. I say to this one, go, and he does it. And what, what that means is that his, his soldiers aren't necessarily afraid of him, the centurion. His soldiers are afraid of all of the authority above him because he is rightly related to Caesar. See, the centurion realized something in this moment that Jesus was rightly related to the Father. That's why all Jesus had to do is say a word and every angel in the heavens would do whatever he said. Because he was rightly related to the Father. You guys ever uh, heard of the movie Brother Bear? Where there's a tiny bear cub running from a, a puma. And, and eventually he just can't, he can't outrun this puma. And so he turns around to face it and he musters up a growl. But what comes out of him is this huge roar and the puma tucks tail and runs. And he looks behind him and there's Brother Bear. A full-size bear is roaring behind him that has terrified that puma. See, that, bro that little bear was rightly related to Brother Bear. Do you know who our Brother Bear is? Jesus. That's why when we say go in the name of Jesus to a demon, that demon freaks out and runs because we are rightly related to a giant roaring man named Jesus. That's why uh, being submitted to leadership is the safest place to be. They protect. And Vincent taught me that a good leader gives you credit when you do something awesome and takes the blame when you make a mistake. That's tweetable. Make sure you quote Vince. He's brilliant. A good leader gives you the credit when you do something awesome and takes the blame when you make a mistake. So, <laughs> the V actually stands for Vince in NIV. Uh, so what I'm saying is that the, the roles that we aspire to in leadership, we're going to be effective in those roles to the degree that we've submitted to the leadership over us. We're actually held to a higher standard than people who are not regenerated. And by regenerated, I mean new creations, people that believe in Christ. You are a new creation, says 1 Corinthians 5, 17. It says you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It's passed away. Okay, so you're actually held to a higher standard. You are what's called sons. Okay, so if a son has a good father, and that son does something wrong, what does the father do? It starts with a D. Discipline. We're actually disciplined just like sons. That's what it says in Hebrews 12. And it's never pleasant at the time. But if, if we don't bear up under that discipline, or if we, if we have a father that doesn't discipline us, we would actually be considered illegitimate sons and the Lord's not going to leave us like that. So uh, Philippians 1.6, the, the good work that he started in you, he's going to carry it to completion. And so that means that our attitude and the way that we relate to our bosses and authorities over us has to be spotless. We're, I mean, we're, we're the light of the world. Even 
I mean, I'm going to tell you some crazy stories about submitting to leaders in a minute, but um, it's like when you're when you're in a job and and you and uh, an unbeliever, like another guy who uh, doesn't know the Lord, you're both wanting the same promotion, and you're both pretty equal in terms of you know, like your ability and uh, you've been in the job for the same amount of time. And this other guy that wants the promotion, he's the kind of guy that's always complaining and like whining and, and he, he sends out like silly slanderous emails about like people in the company. And he's just a disrespectful guy, but you're, you're the Christian and, and so like you don't participate in stuff like that, but you begin to think you know, disrespectful thoughts towards your boss and that guy gets the promotion and you don't. Do you know why? The Lord loves you. He doesn't want to promote you into a position that's going to kill you because your heart's not ready to hold the character. Or it doesn't have the character to hold the position. Or your neighbor could be cheating on his taxes for decades and getting away with it, and you just slightly smudge your taxes one time, and that's the year you get audited. Take heart. The Lord loves you. <laughs> <clears throat> um, real quickly, uh, Daniel, Daniel the prophet was a guy who, um, <clears throat> he's a hero of our faith. He didn't have a sour ending and there's no record of him like making a mistake. This guy is a pretty cool guy and, um, <clears throat> and he had a really rough life. He, his family and country was destroyed. He was taken in as a slave to a, to a foreign king, and he was made to learn their culture. And this guy is a complete heathen. He has his his staff is a bunch of like necromancers and seance people that try to get wisdom from the other other world. And 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 here's Daniel, who's the son of the living God, who's actually been placed. He's called the chief of the magicians. He's shining because he actually has spiritual insight. He has wisdom and revelation in all sorts of ways. So Daniel's promoted, and he's considered one of the necromancers, one of the, these wise men. He's called a magician. And so Daniel is actually undercover as a magician when, um, when his boss, Nebuchadnezzar, gets this dream that means judgment. The judgment is coming from God because nobody's been acting like an idiot. And and Daniel knows the interpretation. He knows judgment's coming. And guys, it's actually, I would say, pretty well deserved. If you if you read the book, you'll know what I'm talking about. He's he's a horrible king. <laughs> and so <clears throat> but Daniel knows judgment's coming, and so he says. It says, and Daniel was greatly distressed, and his thoughts troubled him. And he said, O king, live forever. And he said, may this dream be for your enemies and not for you. And it's, and it's interpretation for your enemies. He actually is still showing loyalty and love. Because love doesn't rejoice in a wrong suffered. Or take, uh, take Samuel, for example, or uh, David, for example, in, uh, in the book of Samuel. Um, David, obviously, he, he's the guy that kills Goliath and wins this incredible victory for Israel and King Saul. And so Daniel and, and the army are coming back after defeating the Philistines and Goliath. 
And these girls start singing a song, and they're like groupies for the army, and uh, they're singing, Saul has slain his thousands, but David is tens of thousands. And David's killed one dude. He's killed Goliath, but these people are now singing like a hit. The number one hit song of the land is, is Saul has slain his thousands, David has slain his tens of thousands. And so obviously in this moment, Saul gets crazy jealous. That night he tries to pin him to the wall with a spear. He tries to kill David that night. And um, do you think you would test your loyalty? Like if, if your boss tried to stab you with a spear? <laughs> It would test your loyalty, right? For 13 years, Saul is hunting David to kill him. 13 years, David lives like a criminal in his own country where he's supposed to be like a son to the king. That's not a prophetic picture. I don't know what is. And then there came this point where... Um, Saul grabs a whole bunch of his fighting men because he finds out that David is in uh, the, the hills, what is it called, the hills of the wild goats. The wild goat rocks, and, um, and Saul's going to kill him. He, he's searching for David, and David realizes that Saul and these really awesome fighting men have come to kill him, and so he hides in a cave. David and his mighty men are hiding in this cave, and Saul actually goes into the cave to poop. That's, it's in the Bible. The Bible's awesome. Have you ever read this? This is great. So King Saul goes into the cave to poop, and David is actually waiting in, like he's inside the cave. Don't you think this is, this is the perfect moment for David to just kill him, right? I mean, that is, you're not in a defensible position in that moment, okay? <laughs> and... And David's men actually say to him, they prophesy to him, and they say, This is the day the Lord spoke of. He's given your enemy into your hand, David. And so David sneaks up on Saul, and he cuts off a corner of Saul's robe. And, and David are try, or David's men are, are trying to persuade David to kill him. Just kill him right now. You know, rid this problem. And it says that David's heart smote him. His conscience smote him in that moment. And um, as after Saul left the cave, David went out after him and he got down on the ground with his, with his face to the ground. He's got this corner of the rope that he's cut off, this little scrap of fabric, and he says, see, you can see by the fabric in my hand that I had the opportunity to kill you, but I didn't. There's no wrong in my heart towards you. That's some loyalty to a bad leader, right? Have you guys ever heard someone in the church talk badly about a traveling minister? Let me put it this way. Has anyone ever not heard another Christian talk badly about a, a traveling minister? <laughs> no. Like, it, we, we think it's our job to, to critique and criticize, don't we? And so we'll, we'll find something we don't like or hear a, a rumor about a, a, a minister and, 
and then spread it. We'll talk like, you know, if, if some big name preacher comes to, to his storehouse and someone tells you something that, you know, they know they've got insider knowledge about, you know, this guy is no good, you know, he shouldn't be in the church. Well, if you come to the meeting, how are you going to be acting towards that guest speaker? Do you think you'd be able to receive anything from them? See, that kind of disrespect and judgment is so contagious. But Noah, after being in that boat for 40 days and 40 nights, he finally lands on dry ground. And do you know what he does? Noah is a beer lover. Noah loves some strong drink. And so he cooks up a batch of beer. And Noah gets plastered. I mean, hammered drunk, passes out, butt naked. Guys, I love the Bible. These stories are for real. Noah passes out butt naked. He's on the ground in his tent. And, and Ham walks by and sees his daddy there, drunk, passed out, and goes, oh, This is awesome. I gotta go get my brothers. And so he gets Shem and Japheth and brings them over and says, Shem, Japheth. Dad is drunk. He's passed out. Maybe you gotta see this. Put this on Instagram. And so <clears throat> they bring him over, and it says that Shem and Japheth they grab a like a blanket, and they walk in backwards and cover their father's nakedness. Do you know what happened to Ham that day? Ham was cursed, and his brothers were blessed. Does anybody in here want to uncover our leaders anymore? And we think, well, I mean, I don't, I don't do that. But you know, maybe just, maybe just a little corner of the of the robe I'll cut off. I'll just, I'll just bring up the the fact that you know, ten years ago I, I heard that uh, they had an emotional affair with their uh, secretary, and you've just cut off a corner of a robe. You know what happens if everyone cuts a corner of a robe off? Eventually, your your leader's going to be naked. He won't be covered. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. You know what? Uh, you guys, we're all, we already covered this. We're all called to be leaders in the new age of the kingdom. You guys are called to occupy positions of influence and leadership on mountains of influence that, that shape culture, okay? Whether, whether you are a, a person who is in like a hidden place, you, you can be the, like the, the highest intercessor of the city shifting culture, or whether you're called to be in a very visible place you know, maybe in, in, in the realm of business, in the marketplace, you can be at the, the, the top corner office of the biggest building downtown. And because you are a representative of the kingdom, your company, it's going to get filtered down through you. and Your, your company is going to start to look like the kingdom of heaven. Leaders don't have the same options that 
non-leaders have. In Judges 7, um, we have Gideon, and he's about to go fight the Midianites. He's got a huge army, uh, but the Midianites still have more people than Gideon has. And the Lord says to Gideon, you have too many men. And Gideon's like, <laughs> okay. Uh, and the Lord says, anyone who trembles with fear may leave. And so I guess Gideon just talked to the guys, and he's like, hey, anybody afraid? Anybody a little bit nervous? You know what happened? 22,000 men raised their hand. Gideon lost 22,000 men when he was about to go into battle. You know how many were left? 10,000. He lost two-thirds of his army. And then the Lord's like, uh, Gideon, uh, you still have too many soldiers. And, and the Lord says, uh, go down to that water, and any of the, the soldiers that you know, drink water from, from the river like a dog, like if they stick their face in the river, they're not going to be in the army. But it, the, the, the soldiers that lap up water with their hands, they're going to stay in the army. You know how many people remained? You know how many? There are, there are only 300 soldiers left. Everyone else drank water like a dog that day. <laughs> 9,700 soldiers drank water like a dog. There were 300 soldiers that did it. And he still had to go against this huge Midianite army. And the Lord says to Gideon in Numbers, I'm sorry, Judges 7, 10, he says, Gideon, if you're afraid, what I want you to do is sneak into the enemy's camp at nighttime. It's like, uh, okay, that's exactly what I'm afraid to do. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to stay away from the Midianites at the moment. And the Lord's like, sneak into the Midianite camp at night. And, and so, Midian, or so uh, Gideon does it. He sneaks into the Midianite camp, and he hears this guy, um, who's one of the Midianite soldiers. He said, "I had a dream last night," and and it, like he tells the dream, and another another uh, Midianite soldier says, "The dream means that Gideon's sword is going to come and kill us all, the mighty warrior." What they don't know is there's only 300 soldiers coming against them. And so Gideon sees that as a sign from the Lord, and he goes back to his army of 300 and says, We're going! And they, they, they surround the Midianites, and they blow trumpets and all scream like wild men at the same time, and all the Midianites take off running, and they're defeated that day by 300 men. What that means is that as a leader, you have to show up when everyone else leaves. Like, we, we honored the uh, children's ministers tonight, which was totally prophetic because I was going to talk about them. If, you're, if you are the, the children's pastor, like, like Jessica Justice, and you've scheduled a whole bunch of um, child workers to show up that night, and they don't show up, where do you think Jessica's going to be? She's going to be back there. Even though it was her night to be in here, you know, just taking the night off, hanging out with adults that don't bite ankles. <laughs> Because <laughs> a leader has to show You don't have any option If you're a leader Guys, that's you 
You have to be the one that shows up when everyone cancels. I want to go back to this one thing where we're going to end. Um, I've been in the church for 30 years, and I've gotten really good at critiquing services. And I, I say that to my shame, because most of the time I'm better at critiquing services than I am at engaging in them. Anybody else ever been in that boat? For some reason, we think it's our job to judge how good the, the worship is, what songs they chose, if the transition is going well, if the person, if the preacher is funny, you know, or you're sitting there. Have you ever done this? You've gone to a, another church or a conference, and you're sitting there, and you're waiting for the preacher to say something that you disagree with, so that you can, you know, kind of check out or just write them off or say, I'm. I knew my discernment was right about that church. They said something that's wrong. Guys, that, I don't know if you know this, but that's vastly what we think our job is in the church. We call it discernment, but it's actually judging. There are entire ministries that exist in order to critique and judge other ministers. Did you know that uh, discerning sin is not a sign of spirituality that's listed in the Bible? Do you know what is considered a sign of spirituality in the Bible? Galatians 6.1 When you catch any a brother in any sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. In a spirit of humility and gentleness, or else you'll be tempted to. And the real question is, do we have a heart for restoration as leaders? Or would we, would we rather find fault? I want to be known as uh, the place, I want to be known as like the pardoning church, where we pardon people. They come in here all sorts of messed up, straight from the, the brothels and strip clubs. We say, hey honey, welcome. Yeah. It's good to see you. Come, come on up here and worship with me. This is going to be a blast. And they'll be thinking, if you only knew like what I was into, you, you, you'd hate me. When really, you know exactly what they were into because your friend told them they came from the strip club. But you, you're loving on them and pardoning them. You're saying, you didn't know what you're doing. That's right. Yeah. So good. Forgive them, Father. They didn't know what they were doing. I want to be known as the mercy church. The pardoning church where people can come and be restored. Because that's what real leaders do. Why don't we stand and pray? Jesus, make us awesome leaders in the new age of the kingdom. Yeah. Father, I ask that you give us hearts of, of respect and loyalty. God, that we, uh, Father, that you would be the one that promotes us because you see the attitudes of our heart towards, towards our leaders. Lord, we ask that you would trust us with the positions of authority, that you would promote people in here. Father, that people in this room who are teachers would be promoted to principals and then to superintendents. 
Father, that workers, people that work for companies who would be promoted to management positions, and then CEO, Father, that, or other workers in this room would start companies. Jesus, that you would promote us. Father, we ask for the blessing that you gave to the Israelites, how they were able to plunder the nations. Lord, we know that the riches of the, of the wicked are saved up for the righteous. Would you make us your plunderers? Would you, would you use us to bring billions of dollars into your kingdom? Father, that we would use all that money to ransom the lost. And God, right now we repent for uh, any those times where we have disrespected our parents, our aunts and uncles, our grandparents, our, our bosses, our teachers, our pastors, the deacons the board of the church, anyone we have ever disrespected, other denominations. Father, forgive us for uh, disrespecting the Catholic church, the Baptist church. Do you cleanse us from that unrighteousness and count us worthy to be promoted? We want to lead like Jesus. We want to lead like you. In Jesus' name, amen.